I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guest is Bill Konigsberg. Bill founded Horizon Media in 1989. And today, with $8.7 billion in client investments and more than 2,300 employees, Horizon is the largest privately held media agency in the world, representing brands like Geico, Sprint, Capital One, A&E Networks, United Health Group, just to name a few. Over the past 30 years, Horizon has received numerous honors and awards for creativity, innovation, and for its culture. There are almost too many to name here, so I'm just going to highlight a few or we will never get to the podcast. Horizon has previously been named Media Agency of the Year by Advertising Age, Ad Week, Media Week, and Brand Week. Fortune named Horizon as one of the best places for women to work and named Horizon one of their 100 best places to work for diversity. And Bill himself has received a number of industry accolades for his vision and leadership, including the honor of being inducted into the American Advertising Federation Hall of Fame in 2019. Outside of Horizon, philanthropy plays a big part in Bill's life. He was honored by the National Kidney Foundation, City Harvest, and he actively supports the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Horizon was built on Bill's belief that business is personal, and I am so excited to dive into that today. Bill, welcome to the show, and thank you so, so much for being here. So, Bill, thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking at you right now, and it looks like you're back in your office. So when and how did that happen? Eric, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's so weird to be back sitting at my desk. And yes, you can see me. We did a soft opening uh, about three weeks ago for those voluntarily who wanted to come back to a space that one, they remembered and, and two, to kind of get out of their current environment. And right. my New York office holds about 2000 people. So phase one, we had about 90 that wanted to come back voluntarily with all of the safe precautions, you know, uh, a health platform mm-hmm. you have to fill out every morning, temperature checking, electronic contact tracing. And as you know, we've got 500,000 square feet here. So if with 90 people, they each have a lot of <laughs> a lot of elbow room. So no worry about close contact. Right. Do they even run into each other with so many square feet? We do. And you run into somebody. Oh, my God, another human. It's so nice to see. So. But it's a nice feeling. I don't know. For some reason, I have a little sense of balance back in my life sitting in my office. Right. There's that balance and, and some order and some some structure, which I know I, for one, am missing. You know, there was a study that came out recently that found that millennia, many of the millennials were the ones that really wanted to go back in the office. And some people were surprised by that as being you know, so digitally and technology focused. Was it a range of demographics that wanted to come back? Or did you find that some of the younger people were the first to opt in? No, actually, it is most of the younger people that were first to opt in through the whole COVID experience. And it's still going on. We do a lot of dipping into the pond in terms of surveying our 2,500 employees. Mm -hmm. And we actually found that only 20% wanted to potentially work from home permanently. And there was a large percentage of people who absolutely wanted to come back to the office. And many of those were on the lower end of the age scale. And I think it has to Mm -hmm. do with collaboration. A lot of the younger people are living in smaller places. They want to get out, a breath of fresh air, a change of scenery. So yeah, the the more of the younger people are coming back into the office right now. 
And as you know, in New York City, the biggest fear right now is still the commute, traveling on subways right. and buses and trains. And until everybody feels comfortable that that's safe, I still think the numbers are going to be yeah. pretty low. No, I completely agree. Switching gears a little bit, at Horizon, your mantra is business is personal. And, you know, we've had a number of conversations and and you are relationships and a personal kind of guy. I would love for you to share, you know, why do you believe that business is personal and how have the relationships in your life impacted the success that you've had? You know, it's interesting. Thank you for bringing up my business is personal mantra. When I started the company, wow, 30 years ago, business actually was not personal back in those days. It was about greed. It was a cutthroat world. It was, the, you know, Gordon Gecko and Wall Street. And when I started my company, I didn't have very much money. I felt that if I could build a culture to attract talent and make employees feel that they had a seat right next to me, I could actually build something pretty special and I couldn't pay them in money. So maybe I could smother them in <laughs> personal connection and inspiration and love and show them that they could be part of something different and new. So 30 years ago, I started that mantra. And if you look at where the world has gone 30 years later, culture, personality, business is personal. Every business out there has to have a personal connection with consumers right now. So it's all come together. And I feel I had a 30-year head start on the culture revolution because it was part of our DNA all along. And you've probably heard many, many companies, and I know you're writing about this, but many, many companies over the last five years, all of a sudden, culture and environment. (laughs) And wow, they just woke up to that. And give me a quarter pound of culture. And it's not about that. It takes years and years and years to develop that single DNA within your organization where people really feel it. So I feel I had a 30-year head start on it. And it wasn't by design. It was by necessity back then. And it served me really well. That's great. So what do you do to honor relationships with your employees? You know, I've heard you on other interviews talk about the third bucket and all of these different things, even the investment in your office, which you called your home. How do you honor relationships with your employees, with your clients, and even yourself? Yeah. So number one, and yes, you know, you've been in our office, so you've seen the 500,000 plus square feet that we've built out here with theaters and sleep pods and collaborative space and fish tanks and a big pub and the local and outdoor space and space that can inspire people. So one, from an environment perspective, you want to build a very inviting, warm, comfortable place that, 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 that people want to migrate into. So that's, that's the first piece. The second piece is you know, 30 years ago, I'll give you a couple of couple of anecdotes of how I've mm-hmm. kept that going. I talked about starting the company 30 years ago, and 30 years ago on Fridays, I would bring in bagels for everybody, and it would cost me about five bucks to bring in, you know, a couple of dozen bagels. Well, 30 years later, we're still bringing bagels in for everybody, and those bagels are costing me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's the the camaraderie of, of being around the bagel mm-hmm. table, many bagel tables now across the office where people feel that connection. So that's, you know, just one thing from an environment perspective. Second thing 
early on, I would send a personal anniversary note to people, a handwritten note, whatever year of service they were in, and I'd send the note to them. And now 30 years later, I am sending 2,500 to 2,700 personal anniversary notes. Every single day they go right. out because someone is celebrating an anniversary every single day. And obviously with COVID, I can't write something personal because we're not in the office. So I decided when we went out on COVID six months ago to do an anniversary call every day. So every single day I am after this, this, this discussion with you, I will have 15 people on a zoom call with me. I'm wishing each one of them an individual happy anniversary from two years wow. to 15 years with the company, talking to them in their homes in a very personal way. People, by the way, who I might never connect with in normal times. So I found a new way to connect and bring businesses personal to life by having those conversations with them. And that's been great. And I think you may or may not know, I also send out a bill daily every single day to the company about things that are happening around the organization, shout outs to people. I end with an evening thought that might be a thought of inspiration, something for people to think about, things that inspire me, things that make me take a step back and think, what does that mean? And it's about this connection of keeping everybody together. And it gets sent out at 5.30 every single day on the dot because everybody knows that's right. when it's coming. And they may not open it at 5.30, but I think a lot of people do. And they're trained that that's the time to come around the water cooler because there's something that's going to be said. And then obviously my town halls that I have quite frequently. So those are, those are some ways of, of keeping the business is personal connection. And it's about transparency. It's about truth. It's about authenticity. It's about vulnerability. And it's about this personal connection that, that people feel they have with the right, leadership right. of this company. It's not just I, me. I love it. And you, you were one step ahead of me in that, you know, uh, we're here to talk about these, these rituals. And so would love to go a little deeper on some of the, the things that you just talked about. So it's funny, starting with, I remember when we met, you told me about the bagels and now we're all remote. And so people aren't having their, their bagels on Friday. And, you know, and I remember, and this will be in the, in the new book, you know, just a few dollars on bagels, which, you know, ended up costing more money, but in the end it's, you know, priceless in terms of the value that that's added to the culture and to the business. But obviously bagels aren't happening right now. And you started this new ritual of this bill daily, which was this daily email. And one of my definitions of when something sticks and becomes a ritual is that all of a sudden, if it didn't happen one day, people would wonder where it went. And so it sounds like every day at 530, there's this there's this email coming. So would love for you, you know, what what made you start doing it? Is it something that you think you'll continue? You shared with me, we had a call a couple of weeks ago that you've even heard from some of your employees' parents about the impact of this bill daily. And the reason why I'd love for you to go into some detail or maybe even share, you know, some of some of the anecdotes you've put in there is that these rituals and, and these kinds of human connections don't have to cost a dime. You know, your time is valuable, but it, you know, we can, we can talk about that, but these are things that with intention can really make an impact. So we'd love for you to really share how that's got started. Yeah. So 
you packed a lot in there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let me, no, 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 no. Erica, that, it's wonderful. I love your questions. They're terrific. Let me go back to the bagels for one second. Please do. Because no, I, I, couldn't, I could not uh, deliver the bagels during COVID. But what I actually decided to do, and again, you talk about business as personal. We have a lot of clients that are in the food business, Burger King, Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. So in the early days of COVID, when everybody was home and you had to cook meals for your families and you're now you know, home every single night, I decided to offer up to the entire company dinner at Burger King or a dinner at Little Caesars. For, so for that first few weeks, wow. so people could take an extra night and, and go and pick up something at Burger King or go and pick up something at Little Caesars as a gift from us to them. And at the same time, by the way, supporting my clients, amazing what a, what a, what a $6 meal you know, the gratitude you get for something mm-hmm. like that. So I actually was able to continue the ritual of love that. providing something of value back to my employees that they would appreciate. With regard to the Build Daily, when you said what inspired me from that, you know, when we first went out on COVID, my personality of my company, so much of my office reflected that. And all of a sudden, you have a complete empty office, you've got 2,500 people scattered all over the country. We have people now working out of 40 different states, all over the country virtually. And my biggest fear when we first went out on COVID was besides the health and well-being of our people, that was my first fear, was this going to spread throughout our own employee base because no one knew where COVID was going back in March. And were we going to have our own serious, serious illnesses and God forbid a fatality among my employee base. So health and well-being. The second one was, how do I stay connected? How do I keep us connected? And I remember sending out my first note to the company about going home. And then that on a Friday, and then that Monday, I said, let me, let me connect and send a note out to everybody about now working from home. And I hope that we're connected and everybody's technology is working. And and, you know, your health and well-being comes first. And I was giving the COVID count of how many people in the company had COVID at the time. Mm-hmm. and decided to leave them with an evening thought about hope and inspiration that we'll get through this. And these day, early days were really, really dark. Our clients were in trouble. The economy was shut down. We didn't know if we were going to get paid. All my employees were worried about their jobs. Were they going to have jobs? So I decided to start to leave them an evening thought of inspiration, something to look forward to, some hope. And when I did that, I started getting emails back from my employees of people who I've never talked to, because again, thousands and thousands of employees. Thank you so much. This means so much to us. You're giving us a glimmer of hope and some stability. And then the next night I I wrote again about things that were happening and then another inspiring thought. And I got more emails back. So the next night, I next day, I did another one. And that's how Bill mm-hmm. Daily started, where I've received thousands of notes back from, from employees. And as you mentioned, I've received probably 30 or 40 emails back from employees' parents, <laughs> where my Bill Daily is shared with them. And they've given me their, their thanks and their input about, about what, I've, what I've put there. And I've done little short stories with morals. And I've, I've you know, I do shout outs about, you know, 
since we've been home for six months, I've done 1,400 individual anniversary calls. I've provided 1,300 birthday shout outs in my, in my bill dailies. I've provided probably 160 shout outs to various employees and groups within my company about what a great job they've been doing, the feedback I've received from my, my clients. We've had eight babies born in the last six months, and I've shown pictures of the babies. We've had you know, four engagements and two weddings. And so it's a combination of business and personal and inspiration. And that's what the Bill Dailies are all about. And you know, I didn't have a pandemic playbook. I didn't, you know, know what do I do? And sometimes, you know, you use your instincts. And I go went back to business is personal, right? And that's how that's how it started. Wow. Well, first and of you're all, right. I though about what am I going to do? Am I ever going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, it sounds like you know maybe it ends up being once a week, but it sounds like this is something that your employees are going to keep clamoring for and it's really making an impact. And I actually think you could probably write a pandemic playbook at this point. Yeah. And I'll tell you now, I get emails every day. Bill, would you put this in your bill daily? Bill, maybe you want to you want to share this. And it's inspiring for me that I know it's connecting with everybody. And on my anniversary calls that I have, I get so much reinforcement about comments back from people about the way the company has operated in these really, really, really dark times and how we handled the situation with the George Floyd situation, the Breonna Taylor situation, the other injustices that we've all witnessed and how we as a company have really leaned in from a compassionate and understanding perspective. You know, we're closing the office election day. Mm-hmm. Uh, really important. I think that that those who are going to go to the polls are going to find long lines. And I don't want them worried about having to get to a meeting or, you know, being on a call with a client. Go, go vote. It's so important this year. So yeah. we're closing the office election day. Great. That's great. You know, I, I think and talk a lot about, you know, rituals give us as humans a sense of psychological safety and belonging and connection to purpose. And that's why it's important as leaders to both maintain rituals that you had before and think about and think about new ones. And you used to write and you told you shared with me and it'll be in the book. You always wrote wrote those anniversary letters in, in a green pen. And, and now those have transformed to, to phone calls, which have even brought, it sounds like brought employees even closer together during this time. Yeah. Zoom calls, right? Yeah. Zoom calls. And yes, because when you have all of a sudden I've got 15 people on a screen and they're all in their own home environment, there's just something very personal about that. And they're all talking about their own experiences. And the other thing from a, from a ritual perspective is, you know, people, people want to be dealt with as individuals. And you know that we are all experiencing COVID in our own individual way. Everybody's been affected, no doubt about it. But everybody has been affected in their own individual way that has knocked us all off balance. And what you just said is that rituals, by keeping up that consistency, mm-hmm. adds balance back into people's lives. So I think rituals are have become you know, my own drug in, in terms of feeding my organization with consistency and transparency and, 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 
in a world where we've gone through the last six months of the unexpected, mm -hmm. I think rituals provide an expected comfort and quilt of comfort and stability. And I think that's what our people are feeling, which is more important than ever at this particular point. In yes, time. I couldn't agree more. And one last ritual on, on this topic. When I visited your office, you have this amazing mural of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. And one of the chapters in the book is going to be about celebrating and rewarding performance. And so we'd love to, for you to share this ritual of this huge award that one person gets a year in your company and, and how you're handling it this year. The Wizard of Oz was, you know, growing up, one of my favorite movies. Which scared me a little bit, but it was yeah, one of my too. favorite me movies. Too. And the Wizard of Oz, the wizard made magic happen. You know, he he gave the scarecrow a, a, a brain and the tin man a heart, and he gave the lion courage, and he was able to send Dorothy home. So I created the Wizard of Oz Award for the one person in the organization who made the most magic happen where the wizard can make the most magic happen. And it gets awarded, it could be awarded in any level from somebody who helps keep the office clean to the highest level within the organization. And it is an incredible honor because then you go on to the Wizard of Oz wall where there's an enormous mural of the Emerald City and <laughs> the characters from the Wizard of Oz and you get a plaque for making magic. And it's a very exciting and sought after honor that people strive for each year. And to get that Wizard of Oz award really means that you went not just the extra mile, but I'll probably say the extra marathon to make it happen for you to get that. And it means an awful lot for the recipients to receive that and it gets given out at our annual holiday party. And I haven't thought about, interesting you just brought it up, I haven't thought about you know this year and how we're going to do that, but we will figure out how to how to recognize some people. Might be more than one this year, and in, in a, mm -hmm. the odd year that we're in. But it's another ritual that I don't, you know, I don't want to give up. You know, a new ritual that we started about inclusivity and diversity within our organization, and I believe that we're an organization, by the way, where DEI is our DNA. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of our DNA. And I'm proud of the fact that we have the most diverse employee base in our entire industry. So all the holding companies release their numbers and we're private, but we can compare where yep. we are to all of them. And I showed the entire organization for the first time about a week ago that we have the most diversified employee base in the, in the industry. And as part of that, We've started a ritual of uh, weekly ethnic cooking classes oh, wow. where various people in our organization decide once a week, might be Asian food, could be Spanish food, could be Italian food, could be some old home American recipe from someone's grandmother. And we're now doing rituals of cooking classes because everybody's home cooking right. right now. So we're creating, I would call it a COVID culture. And now a work from home culture where we're adding more rituals. We have once a week reading time to the children within the organization. So someone volunteers, 5.30, 6 o'clock, reads a children's book to the young children 
within the company. So we've got a hundred people on a Zoom call with their kids and they're being read a bedtime story. <laughs> so like story story hour with Bill or story hour with one of the other people in the company. Yeah. Another ritual that we're adding in building a COVID work from home culture. So turning to one question that I that's probably one of my favorite questions I ask every guest and then we'll get into a few rapid fire questions and, and wrap it up this has been amazing and I think leaders of all levels can learn so much you guys have done so much in the last six months but my question is what do you do that makes you feel most like you just in your life doesn't have to be work could be anything Wow it's an interesting question you know for me, a large part of my drive and ambition and enjoyment is connecting with people. And that connection plug was pulled out when we went through COVID and everybody went home and you sheltered in place and you didn't go out. That first couple of weeks were really, really difficult because I didn't feel like me. I felt the furthest from me because I wasn't able to connect with people. And I have to tell you, through my work with Bill Daly, in terms of now connecting with my own 2,500 people, and I actually was was concerned as the company was starting to grow that I was becoming more disconnected. And in this really strange way, I feel more connected than ever before Mm -hmm. to those people. So one, that actually started to make me feel more like me because I was back connecting with, with, with people again. And then, you know, everybody's taken their own path these last six months with COVID. And I think I'm working harder than ever before in terms of reconnecting with people, Mm -hmm. checking in with people. Obviously, a lot of it's virtual, although I've started to venture out, you know, a little bit. So for me, Erica, it's what makes me feel the most about me is when I'm connecting with people. And so that's one thing I'm doing to make me feel more like me. Mm-hmm. And I think the, you know, the second thing is, I think it was pretty easy for when we went home on COVID, not to take care of yourself as much. You're not going anywhere. You don't got to fit into your tuxedo. Right. You're, you know, you're not, you're not getting ready to put on your next wardrobe to go someplace. So I think a lot of people started to eat more. I think people started to drink more. I think a lot of people took less care of themselves. And I was always big on trying to take care of myself. So I've tried very hard to keep up a ritual of, you know, eating pretty good, exercising. And that also gives me a balance of making sure that that physically, you know, I'm feeling like myself. And I think that also has, you know, has helped as well. I I can relate to that. I, I, I think if someone asked me that question, my answer would almost be the same. As a connector during COVID, it was really, really hard not yeah. to be with people. I mean, I remember that first month how down I was. What happened to my company? It disappeared in two weeks. Right. You know, I spent 30 years building it up. It's gone. Where is it? And you really got knocked off your off your seat. So then I had to figure out how to gain that balance back and inspire. And and that's what kind of got me motivated and, you know, and moving. Great. Well, I love it. 
And at least now I feel like we are back moving a little bit. And again, it's nice to see you in, in your in your yeah. physical office today. Yes. So just a couple of fun last questions and then we will wrap it up. So did you binge anything fun on Netflix? Are you watching anything now? Yes. <laughs> I've been binging a bunch, which is nice. So Killing Eve, mm-hmm. I, I, I watched, which was amazing. I watched The Spy on Netflix. I, I don't know if The Spy was on Netflix, but I watched The Spy, Fidel, which was an amazing series. I'm now starting to binge uh, Ratchet on on Netflix, which is this really 1940s takeoff of a psychiatric hospital and all kinds of interesting things <laughs> that go on there. It's pretty gory. Don't eat dinner while you're okay, watching it good, at, the same, good advice. at the same time. You know, I'm a Billions watcher. So, you know, I watched all the, the current Billions episode. And then over the summer, I actually got into How I Met Your Mother with my 18-year-old daughter, which was great. Great, <laughs> great old show. Fun binging that. So those are a few of the yeah, things that's, that I've Yeah, that's a good list. I learned so much each time I ask people that question. What about books? Any fiction, nonfiction? Any, any time to read? Well, you know, what a mistake I made. You know, you, you're probably familiar with Brian Grazer's book yeah. that, yep. that about connections mm-hmm. and, and how important people connections are. Yep. What an awful book to read during COVID, right? Because you <laughs> can't connect with anybody. Right? <laughs> so I read Brian's book. I read a book, Basement Billionaire, which is the founder of Bywater and how he built the company and sold the company. He's an interesting entrepreneur. Ben Weiss, he just started a company called Crooked Marker. So he's now trying to have lightning strike twice. So I read his book. So I would say those are the two books that I got into over the last couple of months. I do so much reading during the day. Kind of my eyes are kind of tired, you know, at night. And I read Katie Couric's Wake Up Call every day. As do I, my favorite. (laughs) And the last question, anything that you learned about yourself that surprised you over the last six months? I learned, I've always known that hope is important. I've always felt, I've always lived, I'm an optimist, but a realist. I always believe that, 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 there is opportunity around every negative situation that happens in one's life. And I always have believed in looking at silver linings in things. And I think for me, it, it really just reinforced my beliefs of, of what's important. Business is personal, opportunity, optimism, hope. Realism is important as well. So that's one. That's a good news scenario. Mm -hmm. I think that what I learned on the other side, which is more negative, is I'm petrified of COVID. Like, I wouldn't go out. I didn't go out the first three months. And it created anxiety for me. And it's such a dichotomy of being hopeful and optimistic. And that sounds like, okay, you should be okay. Yet the other side of me was petrified about the virus and not going out. And it was interesting to me that I could feel both at the same time, which is odd mm-hmm. in its own way. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think during these last six months, nothing that we thought, I mean, it was unpredictable and we had no idea how we were going to react. And I think it links back to what you said when we started the podcast, which is that this pandemic was happening to all of us, but impacting all of us in very different ways and that we needed to just lean into that and experience it and reflect on it 
and then begin to move forward. So I appreciate the honesty and the openness and the vulnerability and you sharing all of these amazing rituals. And and I walk away, I have to say, feeling hopeful. And my guess is that your employees do as well. And they feel as connected as, as ever, if not more, both to you and to Horizon. So thank you so much for being here and for being in the book. And I can't wait to see you back in your office soon. Eric, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Your breath of fresh air, as always. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye, Bill. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866. Or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.